Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Memory and Top 40 Music, where we relive our best memories through the greatest songs ever recorded. I'm Spoken Joe Williams. Thanks for coming along as we revisit the top of the pop charts through the eyes of history. In this episode, we're looking at the top 10 songs from the week of September 4th, 1961, when the first number one hit on the Motown label entered the Hot 100. But let's get our countdown kicked off right away with the number 10 song for the week of September 4th, 1961. It's up one place from last week, a tune called As If I Didn't Know by Adam Wade. Adam Wade appeared in the top 43 times in 1961, but never before or since. He did it with Take Good Care of Her, which reached number 7 in May, The Writing on the Wall, a number 5 hit in July, and his current hit As If I Didn't Know. As If I Didn't Know had a pretty quick run in the top 40. It debuted on August 7th at number 32. This week was its 6th in the top 40, and its number 10 slot would turn out to be its peak position, one it would hold again next week. After that, it fell to number 32 and then was out of the top 40 countdown. Listen to this song on our Spotify playlist, which accompanies this episode of Memory and Top 40 Music, and let me know if Adam Wade reminds you of Johnny Mathis. As If I Didn't Know was co-written by Larry Cusick, who would later write the lyrics to Speak Softly Love, the love theme from The Godfather. Prior to his singing career, Adam Wade worked on the research team of Dr. Jonas Salk, the man who developed the polio vaccine. Later on, Wade would become host of Musical Chairs, a short-lived game show which aired on CBS for several months in 1975, becoming the first African-American to host a television game show program. He also acted in shows such as Sanford and Son, The Jeffersons, Good Times, and The Dukes of Hazard, plus a couple of soap operas. He also appeared in the film Shaft in 1971. And in our countdown from September 4th, 1961, Adam Wade had the number 10 song, As If I Didn't Know. I'm Spoken Joe Williams, and you're listening to Memory and Top 40 Music, as we look at the week of September 4th, 1961, when the first number one hit on the Motown label entered the Hot 100. Motown Records has such a great history. It's given us hit song after hit song and went at least as far in defining the sound of the 1960s as any other record label, probably more than most, to the tune of 79 top 10 songs in the 60s alone. A couple of episodes ago, we mentioned that Barry Gordy Jr. co-wrote Jackie Wilson's hit song, Lonely Teardrops, which made it to number 7 in February 1959. As much fun as that was, Gordy felt it wasn't as financially rewarding as it should have been, coming to the realization that the real money in music was in the business end, producing and publishing. In 1959, he started Tamla Records, T-A-M-L-A, Tamla Records. The very first release on the Tamla label was Come to Me by Marv Johnson. Tamla was a small company without much reach, so the song was released nationally by United Artists, and it spent six weeks in the top 40, peaking at number 30 in May 1959. Marv Johnson would go on to have two top 10 songs, You Got What It Takes and I Love The Way You Love. Those songs hit numbers 10 and 9, respectively. Later in his career, Johnson would stay on at Motown working on sales and promotion. The first big hit to come from Tamlo Records was Money, That's What I Want by Barrett Strong. 
The song, which was later covered by the Beatles, was written by Barry Gordy and Janie Bradford and was distributed nationally by Anna Records, whose co-founders included Barry Gordy's sisters, Anna and Gwen. In 1961, Anna Records and its artists would become part of the Motown label. Money, That's What I Want, spent seven weeks in the top 40, attaining its high mark of number 23 in April 1960. It was a number two hit on the R&B chart. Money was ranked number 288 on Rolling Stone's The 500 Greatest Songs of All Time. The theme of money takes us back to our September 4, 1961 countdown because, holding in place at number 9 this week, is Linda Scott and Don't Bet Money, Honey. This was the 16-year-old Queens, New York native's second song to hit the top 40 and her second trip to the top 10. Her first was I've Told Every Little Star, which made it all the way up to number 3 in May 1961. She'd hit the top 40 one more time. That would happen later in 1961 with I Don't Know Why. All told, Linda Scott appeared on the Hot 100 11 times, the last being Who's Been Sleeping in My Bed in 1964, a song written by Hal David and Burt Bacharach. Linda Scott was a student at Teaneck High School in New Jersey when she auditioned for Arthur Godfrey's radio show, and she subsequently became a regular guest. From there, she signed on with Canadian American Records and released I've Told Every Little Star, which was a remake of the Oscar Hammerstein and Jerome Kern song from the 1932 production Music in the Air. Scott became a member of the cast on the TV musical variety show called Where the Action Is, which was seen on ABC each weekday afternoon from 1965 to 1967. Where the Action Is was a spin-off of American Bandstand. Linda Scott wrote Don't Bet Money, Honey, and it spent 10 weeks in the top 40 and two weeks in the top 10, both of those weeks at number 9. This was the last of those two weeks. Young Miss Linda Scott and Don't Bet Money, Honey at number 9. The song at number 8 on this week's countdown is Hurt by Timmy Euro, up two places from last week. To begin with, Timmy is spelt T-I-M-I, and it's the nickname of Rosemary Euro. And for the record, Euro is Y-U-R-O. What a voice she had. Very soulful, very powerful. Euro was signed to Liberty Records when she was 19, and she hit the charts for the first time two years later with the hit song on this week's chart, Hurt. Hurt had previously been a top 10 R&B hit for Roy Hamilton. It has since been covered by numerous artists, such as Little Anthony and the Imperials, Bobby Vinton, Elvis, whose version went to number 28 in 1976, Carly Simon, and it was a number one hit on the country charts for Juice Newton in 1986. Hurt was one of three songs Euro placed in the top 40. The others were 1962's What's the Matter, Baby, Is It Hurting You?, which was a number 12 hit, and 1963's Make the World Go Away, which reached number 24. That's the same Make the World Go Away, which would be a massive country hit for Eddie Arnold in the mid-60s. Euro toured with Frank Sinatra, serving as the opening act on his tour of Australia in 1962, and she was nominated for a Grammy Award for Best New Artist of 1961. Euro recorded for several more years, charting on the Hot 100 as late as 1965 and the Adult Contemporary chart in 1966. One of her albums, 1964's The Amazing Timmy Euro, was produced by Quincy Jones. Hurt, which reached the number two spot on the adult contemporary charts, spent ten weeks in the top 40, three of those in the top ten. 
It peaked at number 4 on September 11th, and this week, it's 6th in the top 40. It stood in at number 8 on our countdown. I'm Joe Williams, and you're listening to Memory and Top 40 Music, and we're taking a walk back through the top of the chart from September 4th, 1961. The same week, the song, which would be the very first number one released by Motown, entered the Hot 100. Returning to our Motown story, it's time for Smokey Robinson to enter the picture. In 1955, Smokey, along with Pete Moore and Ronnie White, formed a group they called the Five Chimes, which they changed to the Matadors a couple of years later. After Claudette Robinson joined the group in 1958, they became the Miracles. Barry Gordy helped produce the first Miracles records on other labels, and then when he formed Tamla, the Miracles were the first act Gordy signed to his new label. The Miracles song, Bad Girl, was the first 45 ever released on Motown Records. But still in need of national distribution, Barry worked a deal with Chess Records, who released Bad Girl in September 1958. Bad Girl would make a quick two-week appearance on the Hot 100 in October 1959. The Miracles became known as Motown's sole supergroup and were a huge success. As the Miracles, and later as Smokey Robinson and the Miracles, before reverting back to the Miracles after Smokey left the group, the band released 29 top 40 hits. Among them were seven top 10 songs, two of which hit number one, The Tears of a Clown in 1970 and Love Machine in 1976. Among their other hits were You've Really Got a Hold on Me, Ooh Baby Baby, The Tracks of My Tears, and I Second That Emotion. The Miracles' first hit was Shop Around, which reached number two on the pop charts. Smokey Robinson would go on to be a Motown vice president and even named his daughter Tamla and his son Barry. In 1959, Motown founder Barry Gordy bought a piece of property at 2648 West Graham Boulevard in Detroit. It was formerly a photographer's studio and would become the address of one of the most famous buildings in America, the home of the first headquarters of Motown Records. This is where the hits were made. In fact, the big sign across the front of the building says Hitsville, USA. And it truly was. Today, it's the location of the Motown Museum. In subsequent years, Motown would add seven additional neighboring properties to handle and manage the booming Motown record business. On April 14, 1960, Tamla Records was incorporated as Motown Record Corporation. That same year, a girl group called the Primettes signed with Motown and changed their name to the Supremes. The Supremes had to wait until November 1963 to hit the top 40. They did that with When the Love Light Starts Shining Through His Eyes. They followed that song up with 32 more top 40 hits, including 12 number one chart toppers, starting with 1964's Where Did Our Love Go? In 1961, an 11-year-old boy performed a song he wrote himself for Ronnie White of the Miracles. The song was called Lonely Boy. White had the boy audition for Barry Gordy, who was so impressed, he convinced the boy's mother to let him sign a deal with Motown. The little guy was Stevie Wonder, whose first hit was 1963's Fingertips, a song recorded live at a Motortown Review show at the Regal Theater in Chicago. Over the years, Stevie Wonder would add 44 more top 40 tunes to his incredible resume, including nine number one hits. The first of those was Fingertips, and the most recent being 1985's Part-Time Lover. We'll continue with the Motown story shortly, but now it's time for the number seven song on our countdown from September 4th, 1961. 
1961. The seventh position on the chart this week is held by a doo-wop group known as the Jive Five. It's their song, My True Story. The Jive Five came out of Brooklyn, New York, and were another act whose biggest success came with their initial release. My True Story spent 12 weeks in the top 40, including four weeks in the top 10. The song peaked at number three for two weeks. In fact, it made the leap up to number three the very next week after the one we're reviewing on this episode of Memory and Top 40 Music. That next week would also find My True Story at number one on the R&B charts. The Jive Five would place one other song in the Top 40. That would be 1965's I'm a Happy Man. Though significant chart success escaped the Jive Five after their early triumph, the group went on to become the creative and singing force behind many of the jingles for the Nickelodeon network in the 80s and 90s. My True Story by the Jive Five at number 7 on this week's countdown from September 4th, 1961. It's time for number six on our countdown show. Do, 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 do. We'll send it back now to Spoken Joe. Do, 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 do. The song at number six this week jumped up 17 places from last week to make its grand entrance into the top 10. It's Bobby V and Take Good Care of My Baby. A native of Fargo, North Dakota, Bobby V was all of 18 when Take Good Care of My Baby was a hit. But Bobby had been only 15 when he first stepped into the spotlight. You might recall from our February 3, 1959 episode how we told you that a group of Fargo, North Dakota schoolboys stepped in to perform at the next show in the winter dance party schedule following the plane crash which killed Buddy Holly, the Big Bopper, and Richie Valens. Those young performers appeared under the name Bobby V and the Shadows. Just four months later, Bobby V and the Shadows, which included Bobby's brother Bill, recorded the song Susie Baby, which was written by Bobby V. The song was a big regional hit in the upper Midwest, reaching the number one spot on many local radio stations, and even spending four weeks on the Hot 100, getting up to number 77. The big labels got interested, and the group agreed to a deal with Liberty Records. But success was hard to come by at first, until a flip side, Devil or Angel, started getting airplay. By October 1960, Devil or Angel had become a top 10 hit, getting as high as number 6 on the charts. V followed that up with another number 6 hit, Rubber Ball, and then in 1961, Take Good Care of My Baby went all the way to number 1. Take Good Care of My Baby spent 11 weeks in the top 40. Seven of those weeks were in the top 10. The song enjoyed three weeks at number 1, starting on September 18th. Bobby V charted 38 songs over his career, 14 of which made the top 40. Of those, six went top 10, including his one number one hit, Take Good Care of My Baby. A couple of notes about Take Good Care of My Baby. The song was one of the more than two dozen hit songs turned out by the songwriting duo of Carole King and Jerry Goffin. And one of the guitarists to play on V's recording was Tommy Alsup, who was part of Buddy Holly's band on that winter dance party tour. Bobby V became a big star internationally, with number one records in places like England and Australia. He also appeared in several movies, and early in his career, a young musician played a couple of gigs with V's band. This young guy went by the name Elston Gunn. That's Gunn with three N's. It was a fellow Midwestern musician whose real name was Robert Zimmerman, someone better known these days as Bob Dylan. 
V was a recipient of the Theodore Roosevelt Rough Rider Award, the highest recognition given by North Dakota to natives of the state. And he is a member of the Rockabilly Hall of Fame. Bobby V died of Alzheimer's disease in October 2016. And on September 4, 1961, Bobby V's Take Good Care of My Baby was the sixth most popular song in the U.S. On August 21, 1961, Motown Record Corp. released the song Please Mr. Postman by the Marvelettes. The Marvelettes, originally known as the Cassinettes and then the Marvels, were a group of girlfriends from Inkster High School in Inkster, Michigan. Please Mr. Postman was the song that convinced Barry Gordy to sign them to the Motown label, and it was their first release. And that song became the first number one song on the Billboard Hot 100 released on the Motown label. It was also a number one R&B hit. The song debuted on the Hot 100 this week, September 4, 1961. It took seven weeks to reach the top 40, finally making that breakthrough at number 35 on October 16th. Four weeks later, it broke into the top 10, and four weeks after that, on December 11, 1961, Please Mr. Postman hit the top spot on the charts. Please Mr. Postman was later recorded by the Beatles and appeared at the top of the charts once again when, in January 1975, the version of the song by the Carpenters also hit number one. Please Mr. Postman was the first of 57 times a Motown song was atop the charts in the coveted number one position. The Marvelettes were for a time the most successful girl group for Motown, that is, until the Supremes got it going. The Marvelettes would score 10 top 40 hits, with Please Mr. Postman being their one number one on the pop charts. Not bad for a debut song. Do you know who played the drums on the Marvelettes recording of Please Mr. Postman? Some guy named Marvin Gaye. For a couple of years, Marvin Gaye was a member of the Funk Brothers, the Detroit-based session musicians who played on most Motown songs between 1959 and 1972. That's when the Motown label relocated to L.A. The 2002 documentary Standing in the Shadows of Motown claims the Funk Brothers played on more number one hits than the Beatles, Elvis Presley, the Rolling Stones, and the Beach Boys combined. As for Marvin Gaye, he did all right. He had previously been with the Moonglows, but moved to Detroit after that group broke up. He signed with Motown in 1960 and first hit the Hot 100 himself in October 1962 with the song Stubborn Kind of Fellow. His first appearance in the Top 40 came in early 1963 with the song Hitchhike. That was the first of 41 times Marvin Gaye was in the Top 40, either as a solo artist or on duets with Tammy Terrell, Mary Wells, Kim Weston, or Diana Ross. He also hit number one three times with I Heard It Through the Grapevine, Let's Get It On, and Got to Give It Up. There is so much rich history associated with the Motown label, including the famed songwriting team of Holland Dozier Holland. These guys wrote numerous songs that went a long way to defining that great Motown sound, including 13 number ones. And the Motown roster goes far beyond the few acts we've discussed here, and sounds pretty much like an all-star collection. Artists such as Mary Wells, The Temptations, The Four Tops, The Jackson Five, Gladys Knight and The Pips, Thelma Houston, The Commodores and Lionel Richie, and Boys to Men. After Gordy moved the Motown business to Los Angeles, he expanded into films and TV. The TV specials, primarily, were a vehicle for Motown recording artists and included the Saturday morning cartoon series 
portraying the career of the Jackson 5, which ran for 23 episodes. As for film production, Motown's feature films included Lady Sings the Blues, Mahogany, Thank God It's Friday, and a movie version of the Broadway musical The Wiz. Before the end of the 1980s, Motown was sold to MCA, which later sold the label to Polygram. Polygram was subsequently acquired by Universal Music Group in 1999. Still part of Universal, Motown currently operates as part of the Capital Music Group. What a great legacy Motown built for itself and for us. Okay, back to our countdown for September 4th, 1961. Gary U.S. Bonds holds the number five position on this week's countdown with the song School Is Out. A Jacksonville, Florida native, Bonds first hit the charts in 1960 with the song New Orleans, which was a number six hit. Then came Quarter to Three, which hit number one in June 1961. Bonds followed that up with his current hit, School Is Out. School Is Out had a nine-week run on the top 40, which included four weeks in the top 10. It was this week, September 4th, that it reached its peak of number five. Next week, it would begin its descent with a drop to number 16. And I'm not kidding you when I tell you that Bonds' next release was the song School Is In, which made it to number 28 in November of 61. Bonds had a couple of more top 10 hits over the next year, and on a European tour in 1963, he had top billing above the Beatles. But the hits stopped coming, and Bonds didn't appear again on the Hot 100 until 1981, when, thanks to a collaboration with Bruce Springsteen and Stevie Van Zandt, Bonds was rocking the charts again, this time with hits like This Little Girl and Out of Work, both songs written by Springsteen. You can hear the unmistakable Springsteen sound on these songs, which we've included in our companion Spotify playlist to this memory and top 40 music episode. In total, Gary U.S. Bonds has had nine top 40 hits, five of which hit the top 10, and quarter to three shows up on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's 500 songs that shaped rock and roll. For the week of September 4th, 1961, Gary U.S. Bonds gives us the number five song, School Is Out. It's time for our Memory Jogger feature, and in this installment of Memory Jogger, we'll remember a few key music figures who recently passed away. Dennis Edwards of The Temptations died on February 2nd, just days shy of his 75th birthday. Edwards joined The Temptations in 1968, replacing David Ruffin. With Edwards on board, The Temptations reeled off a string of big hit records including nine top ten songs. Among them were the number one hits, I Can't Get Next to You, Just My Imagination, and Papa Was a Rolling Stone. Edwards left the group in 1977 and pursued a solo career, having a couple of hits on the R&B charts. Dennis Edwards was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as a member of The Temptations in 1989 and received a Lifetime Achievement Grammy with the group in 2013 as well. Craig McGregor of the band Foghat died on the 9th of February. McGregor was 68. He joined Foghat as its new bass player in 1976, just after they had their biggest charting single, Slow Ride. The first Foghat album on which McGregor appeared was Night Shift, from which the singles Drive and Wheel and I'll Be Standing By were released. Drive and Wheel reached number 34 in January 1977. Foghat's highest charting song during McGregor's tenure was Third Time Lucky, First Time I Was a Fool, which attained the number 23 position in January 1980. 
Barbara Ann Alston, co-founder and lead singer of the 60s girl group The Crystals, died on February 16th in Charlotte, North Carolina at the age of 74. The Crystals had six top 40 hits in 1962 and 1963, including Da Ron Ron, Then He Kissed Me, and their number one hit, He's a Rebel, which topped the charts for two weeks in November 1962. Barbara Alston sang lead on the first single released on Phil Spector's label, that being There's No Other Like My Baby, the Crystals' first hit single. Singer Vic Damone died on February 11th at the age of 89. Damone was a major star, placing 35 songs in the top 40 over his career. Damone made the top 10 eight times and hit number one in September 1949 with You're Breaking My Heart. This Brooklyn, New York native had his own weekly radio show, appeared on numerous television shows, including a weekly variety series on NBC, which he hosted. He appeared in movies, had hits with songs from the movie, such as On the Street Where You Live, From My Fair Lady, and the title track, from the movie An Affair to Remember. Damone turned down the role of Johnny Fontaine in The Godfather. Al Martino went on to play the part. Damone appeared in a Diet Pepsi commercial in 1981, alongside Jerry Lewis, Tiny Tim, Charo, and Ray Charles. Damone was a recipient of the Sammy Kahn Lifetime Achievement Award from the Songwriters Hall of Fame and has a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Dennis, Craig, Barbara, and Vic. Thanks for the music and the memories. Now back to our countdown. At number four this week is a song by a man who was said to sound just like Elvis Presley. His name is Ral Donner, and the song is You Don't Know What You've Got Until You Lose It. The Chicago native formed a couple of bands while in high school. One of them, The Rockin' Five, even played with Sammy Davis Jr. on Chicago TV. His first hit was a remake of a Presley song, The Girl of My Best Friend, which reached number 19 in May 1961. He sounded so much like Elvis that many fans assumed it was Elvis on the record, just under a different name. Donner followed that up with You Don't Know What You've Got. He had two more top 40 hits in 1961, Please Don't Go, which reached number 29, and She's Everything I Wanted You to Be, a song that got as high as number 18. Donner continued to record, but the closest he got to a hit after this was What a Sad Way to Love Someone in 1962, which spent seven weeks on the Hot 100 but got no higher than number 74. Donner kept recording, but the songs didn't catch on. If you saw the 1981 documentary film This Is Elvis, the narration was done by Donner, imitating the speaking voice of Elvis. Donner died of lung cancer in 1984, but in 1995, when Led Zeppelin was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, none other than Robert Plant cited Ral Donner as one of his influences. You Don't Know What You've Got had a nine-week top 40 run. That included four weeks in the top 10. This song by Ral Donner peaked at number four this week, the week of September 4th, 1961. In addition to the memories these great songs bring back, let's see what was going on in the world in September 1961. John F. Kennedy was President of the United States. The U.S. began underground nuclear testing. Mickey Mantle became the seventh ball player to hit 400 home runs. Roger Maris of the Yankees hit his 60th home run in the 1961 season, setting a new single-season baseball record. A crash at the Italian Grand Prix killed German driver Wolfgang von Trips and 13 spectators. Hurricane Carla struck Texas with 175 mile-per-hour winds. 
An unmanned Mercury Atlas IV capsule was launched and successfully completed one orbit of the Earth before splashdown in the Atlantic Ocean. The U.S. Golf Amateur Championship was won by 21-year-old Jack Nicklaus. James Meredith was refused enrollment to the University of Mississippi due to the color of his skin. Sierra Leone became the 100th member of the United Nations. Born in September 1961 were quarterback Dan Marino and actor James Gandolfini. Deaths in September 1961 included Dag Hammarskjöld, UN Secretary General. The TV shows Car 54, Where Are You?, Dr. Kildare, and Hazel, starring Shirley Booth, made their TV debuts. The top movie on September 4, 1961 was The Parent Trap, starring Haley Mills. And NBC began its long-running NBC Saturday Night at the Movies. The first movie aired was How to Marry a Millionaire, starring Marilyn Monroe, Lauren Bacall, and Betty Grable. Now back to our countdown. At number three this week is the former number one smash hit, Tossin' and Turnin' by Bobby Lewis. Bobby Lewis hails from Indianapolis, and his music career produced two hit songs. The biggest of those was Tossin' and Turnin', which sold over a million copies. The song is immediately recognizable by its opening line, I couldn't sleep at all last night. And it was the number one song for the year of 1961 on both the pop and R&B charts. It was the first song to claim that accomplishment, and it didn't happen again until 1984, when Prince's When Doves Cry pulled off the same feat. Tossin' and Turnin' spent 17 weeks in the top 40, making its top 40 debut on May 29th at number 34. Three weeks later, it was in the top 10, where it would reside for the next 12 weeks. And on July 10th, it grabbed a hold of the top spot and didn't let go until August 28th, when it slipped to number 2. Bobby Lewis followed up this big hit with another top 10 song, One Track Mind, which would enter the top 40 the week after this particular countdown. It surged the next week all the way up to number 9. It's one week in the top 10. Bobby Lewis charted two more songs, What a Walk, later in 1961, and I'm Tossin' and Turnin' Again in 1962. But neither song cracked the top 40. And that was it for Bobby Lewis' chart career. But his song, Tossin' and Turnin' lived on, and was on the soundtracks for the movies American Graffiti and Animal House. Lewis credits his appearance on Dick Clark's American Bandstand with being the big moment that kicked the record's performance into overdrive. Tossin' and Turnin' was co-written by Richie Adams. While Adams started as a singer with the doo-wop group The Fireflies, he really made his mark as a songwriter. He co-wrote several songs for the Archies, as well as the big 1976 hit for Engelbert Humperdinck, After the Lovin'. But what is most special to me is Richie Adams co-wrote the theme song for the Banana Splits Adventure Hour, the tra-la-la song One Banana, Two Banana. Who remembers that show? It was one of my favorites. Flegel, Bingo, Drooper, and Snorky were the Banana Splits. They were animal characters comprising a rock band. The Banana Splits was on Saturday mornings for two years. Each episode was an hour long and included a live-action segment and adventure serial called Danger Island. The Danger Island segments were directed by Richard Donner, whose future efforts included directing motion pictures like The Omen, Superman, The Goonies, and Lethal Weapon. The Banana Splits. You see, you never really know where memory and top 40 music is going to take you. Tossin' and Turnin' has been remade several times, including by the Guess Who, The Kingsman, The Supremes, Joan Jett, and Steve Goodman, the guy who wrote the great song, City of New Orleans. 
I think my favorite remake, though, was by Peter Chris, the drummer from KISS. And on our countdown from September 4th, 1961, Tossin' and Turnin' by Bobby Lewis is the number three song. Looking over the balance of the chart, nine songs made their top 40 debut this week. The highest of those was Brooke Benton's Frankie and Johnny at number 31, up 14 spots from last week. In addition to Bobby V's Take Good Care of My Baby at number 6, there was just one future number one song in the Hot 100 this week. That was Please Mr. Postman by The Marvelettes, released on the Motown record label at number 95. Haley Mills had a duet with Haley Mills, debuting at number 92, Let's Get Together, from the movie The Parent Trap. You'll get that as long as you know the premise of the movie. You can't help but notice the title of the song at number 64. Ray Stevens, Jeremiah Peabody's polyunsaturated, quick-dissolving, fast-acting, pleasant-tasting green and purple pills. If you're curious, we did include it on this episode's playlist. The song at number 40, Bless You, was by Tony Orlando. Yes, that Tony Orlando. He had two top 40 hits in 1961, Bless You and Halfway to Paradise. It would be nine years before he would be back on the charts. He'd do that as part of Dawn, then Tony Orlando and Dawn, with their string of 1970s hits, including Candida, Knock Three Times, and Tie a Yellow Ribbon Round the Old Oak Tree. And the song knocking on the door of the top ten, sitting at number 11, was Lonnie Donegan's Does Your Chewing Gum Lose Its Flavor on the Bedpost Overnight. Do a diddy, here's a song at number two. At number two on this week's countdown is Wooden Heart by Joe Dowell. 21-year-old Joe Dowell was another singer whose first hit would be his biggest hit, and he did it with a remake of an Elvis song, Wooden Heart. Wooden Heart was from the movie G.I. Blues in which Elvis starred in 1960. It was a big number one hit for Elvis in the UK for six weeks, but it was not released as a single in the U.S. It finally made its appearance on a Presley 45 in the U.S., when in 1964, it was the flip side to Blue Christmas. It was this record by Joe Dowell, by the way, that knocked Tossin' and Turnin' out of the top spot just a week earlier after its seven-week run at number one. Dowell's Wooden Heart spent 12 weeks in the top 40, all but five of those in the top 10, peaking, as I said, on August 28th, when it hit number one on the chart. Dowell only had one other song to make the top 40. That would happen in 1962 when Little Red Rented Rowboat reached number 23. Dowell really wanted to write his own songs, but was contractually obligated to sing music owned by Mercury Records, which was the parent label of Smash Records, to which Dowell was signed. Ongoing conflicts with the label led Dowell to be dropped. He signed on with Monument Records and recorded a folk album, and then later a gospel album, for another label, but no singles charted. Joe Dowell died in 2016 at the age of 76, and on September 4, 1961, he owned the number two spot on the pop charts with his biggest hit, Wooden Heart. Before we unveil the new number one song this week, let's take another look back at the top ten songs for September 4, 1961. At number 10, we had Adam Wade and As If I Didn't Know. Number 9 was Linda Scott and Don't Bet Money, Honey. Timmy Euro had the number 8 song, Hurt. The Jive Five were at number 7 with My True Story. At number 6, the biggest mover among this week's top 10, Take Good Care of My Baby by Bobby V. School Is Out by Gary U.S. Bonds was at number 5. 
Raul Donner had the number four song, You Don't Know What You've Got Until You Lose It. Bobby Lewis and his mega-hit, Tossin' and Turnin', held the number three spot. At number two was Wooden Heart by Joe Dowell. And the new number one song this week, Michael by the Highwaymen. We might as well start off by saying these Highwaymen were not the Highwaymen famous in country music circles in the late 80s and early 90s, when Johnny Cash, Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, and Chris Christopherson got together to form a country music supergroup. No, this was a five-man act from Wesleyan University. They were Dave Fisher, Bob Burnett, Steve Butts, Chan Daniels, and Steve Trott. Trott left the group in 1962 to head off to law school. Not a bad move considering he went on to become a senior judge of the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Ninth Circuit, appointed in 1987 by President Ronald Reagan. Trott's spot in The Highwaymen was taken by Gil Robbins, the father of actor Tim Robbins. The number one hit by The Highwaymen is yet another instance on this countdown of an act whose biggest hit came at the start of its career. The Highwaymen would hit the top 40 again later in 1961 with Cotton Fields, which would see its peak in February 1962 at number 13. They charted three more songs in the Hot 100, but none reached the top 40. Now, you may not recognize the song Michael by its title, but you will by its opening lyrics. Michael row the boat ashore, hallelujah. Ah, now you know it. Michael is an African-American spiritual song, first published in 1867 in a collection of 136 songs called Slave Songs of the United States. Michael has been recorded over and over. Among other acts to cover it are Pete Seeger, the Lennon Sisters, Harry Belafonte, Lonnie Donegan, the Smothers Brothers, and Peter, Paul, and Mary. The Beach Boys also recorded it for their album 15 Big Ones in 1976, but ultimately did not include it on the release. And fans of the TV sitcom Wings may remember the character Antonio Scarpacci singing his misunderstood version of the lyrics, Michael Knows the Bowling Score. The Highwaymen's release of Michael spent 11 weeks in the top 40. Nine of those were spent in the top 10, including two weeks at number one. And just as Bobby Lewis's Tossin' and Turnin' finished the year as the top song of 1961, Michael was the third most popular song of the year. In fact, two other songs from this week's top 10 were also among the top 10 songs for the year. The others? Joe Dowell's Wooden Heart claimed the 10th spot on the year-end countdown, and My True Story by the Jive Five was the sixth most popular song on Billboard's year-end chart. The number one song on September 4th, 1961, The Highwaymen and Michael. I hope you enjoyed our review of the top 10 songs for September 4th, 1961, the week that featured the Hot 100 debut of the first Motown song that would go on to the number one position on the pop charts, Please, Mr. Postman, buy the Marvelettes. Did you hear anything in this episode that brought back a memory? If so, please share it. Send me a note to memory at spokenjoe.com. Episodes of Memory and Top 40 Music are available on Radio Public, iTunes, and Stitcher. Give us a rating and some feedback while you're there, and please subscribe. Also, please follow us on Facebook and on Instagram. And don't forget to listen to this episode's companion playlist on Spotify. All of this week's top 10 songs are included except for Linda Scott's Don't Bet Money, Honey, which is presently not available in Spotify's library. And remember, all you really need is the free account with Spotify to listen to our playlists. Thanks for listening to Memory and Top 40 Music. I'm Spoken Joe. See you next time.